does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. I can never remember whether I said the future is this way or that way, so I just point all the way up, and that's where it's going to take us. What an interesting show today. I have been playing with ChatGPT more and more, and I'm going to do a shout-out to one of my guests, S.A. Grant, who spent over 10 minutes creating and basically finelining wonderful prompts to write an entire poem that's the size of a gargantuan poem about today's show. So if you haven't seen it on LinkedIn, go find it and essay. I appreciate that. But here's what ChatGPT helped me do a little bit of humor about our topic today. So listen up. Well, I'm supposed to say Bonnie D in the house. I already said that. We had such an insightful roundtable on May 24th about the intersection of artists' creative chaos. Do you like that, Sandy? creative chaos, and technological wizardry that I'm revisiting the topic today. And in the interest of raising the bar, or the easel, I asked ChatGPT to infuse humor into my monologue. So here goes. This is my edited version. AI has crashed the canvas, folks. ChatGPT likes to say folks. Did you find that essay? It likes to say folks a lot. It has crashed the canvas from generative art to style transfer. It's like Picasso got a digital makeover. I really like that. But more. We've got some cinematic gems about artists, too. And you all know I love movie quotes. Here's one. There's Jackson Maine's Wisdom, played by Bradley Cooper in the 2018 version of A Star is Born. Every artist has their own unique voice. It's our duty to let it out and let it be heard. Interesting in the age of AI. And then we have Severus Snape, I hope I'm saying that right, played by Alan Rickman in the 2011 film Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. He dropped this truth bomb. That's AI's word, not mine. The purpose of art is to provoke, to challenge, and to make people feel something they've never felt before. Interesting, because we know AI is not feeling. It, it's not sentient. So that's talking about the human side. And one more. Here is Theo Decker, or Teo, some people say it, played by Ansel Elgort in 2019's The Goldfish. I ha Finch, I haven't seen that movie. I don't want to be just a painter. I want to be Van Gogh. Oh. So here's the rest of what ChatGPT wrote for me. Hold on to your smocks, because part two of the future of visual art and AI is here. My artful futurist, raise your hand and wave when I call you, S.A. Grant is back. Hello, S.A. Sandy Davies is up in the middle of the night in Australia to join us. You're my champion. Ursula Wong is surviving the hurricane. Idalia. I realized that if you put a V, it's my favorite kind of onion, Vidalia, but it's I, I don't know why it sounded so familiar. Ursula is fine, and we have a newcomer joining us today, Winona W. Wenth. Winona, thank you very much, courtesy of Ursula. And I'm going to ask them, well, ChatGPT says they're ready to spill the paint. I hope not all over the place. Dolly, Rembrandt, Picasso, Van Gogh, and Warhol might be either bewildered or paint a heart of approval. We hope they would do that. We're ready to dive in the exciting concoction of pixels and paintbrushes where AI robots and canvases are going head to head. And the art world is getting ready, all ready to be a lot wilder. What do you think, gang? Did you like that version? What do you think? Like it? SA liked it? Ursula? Winona? 
pretty pretty good, not too bad. Okay, so let's go around the table and get some introductions. S.A. Ursula and Sandy have all been on before, May 24th, Winona's new. So the three of you who've been on before, why don't you refresh everybody's memory? Why is this topic important to you? Visual art, human art, AI art, that intersection, that collision, if you will. Tell us why you're here and a little bit about what you do. S.A., I'm putting you on speaker view, welcome. Oh, I definitely appreciate it. I would say um, with my background, I started off with graffiti. So that's kind of where the art came from. And then after that, I got thrown into graphic design and I got my first degree in that. So I was definitely hooked. Then I got into business and I was hooked on that. And with everything that I've ever done, I've always been completely engulfed and infused in technology. So when AI came out, it only made sense that I had a new little brother to play with. So what are you doing these days with art? What Besides graffiti, what, what's your passion? Are we looking at some of your art behind you? S.A., give us a little more. Yeah, so, I mean, every once in a while, like, if I go on vacation, I'll probably do some, like, artwork, and I'll scan it in and make it into, like, some merch, right? So I have a podcast, so a lot of times I'm the art director for all the pieces that go into what I'm doing on digital marketing for our clients or for ourselves internally. What's your favorite app to use, may I ask? Because I use Night Cafe Studio, use Midjourney. What do you use? What do you like? Give a recommendation. So on the app that I use, it's called Wonder App. And I got on, I was like one of the beta testers and I got on when it had like a lifetime deal. So that's that's the one that I use and it's, it's pretty robust. And even the, the post that you're talking about, all the images from that came from that app. Very interesting. I'll try to show that later on during the show. Thank you very much. Let's go to Sandy Davies. Sandy, are you going to yawn? Because you told me you've been practicing for three months to come back on the show and get enough sleep. You could be up at one in the morning. Sandy, are you okay? Oh, I'm going to try not to yawn. I am a Cinderella and I always turn into the pumpkin cage, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> Welcome back to remind everybody who you are, what you do, and what's your interest in human visual art versus AI visual art. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm Sandy Davies. I am from here in the top end of Australia, and I am the former and friend formulator and founder of Happy Paws. So that puts me smack dab in the middle of the positive aging in women's health sector. And that's what brought me really more than anything to AI was I just had all my Medusa snakes to spring from my head when I struggled to try to get a positive representation early on of women over 50. And that was what brought me into this into the segment. But I tell you what I love is the patterns that we notice like you mentioned, folks, when I tried to create a song around menopause in the style of Jimmy Buffett, folks rocked up. It's something that never occurs in any of his lyrics, but comes out in his vernacular on stage from that Gulf Coast mouth. And it is interesting, too, whether you ask for humor in the American spelling or humor, H-U-M-O-U-R, in the British style. Sandy, what do you do with art? I see a beautiful logo behind you. Did you create that? And do you use AI for visual art too? So this logo was created by my best friend from high school, Jamie Kelty, a San Francisco artist. And she is now beginning to dabble and, and integrate AI into what she creates more and more. I remember, Sandy, when I first met you, you had asked one of the art programs, maybe the one that SA uses, maybe the one I use or a different one, to portray women over 50. And the results were horrific. <laughs> 
these were not happy people. These were not attractive, healthy looking people. So that was one of your first dabbles. Can you just tell us a little bit about that, Sandy? Yeah, that result was absolutely horrific. And I can't wait to have a go at um, the app essay mentioned because I'd like to sort of get into a bit of more comparative between the between the different programs that I was using Dolly and I just could not get well I've actually the only thing I, I just, I'm not gonna focus on the negative this was the positive image that I finally was managed managed to garner and extract but it took just infinite infinite goes it wasn't a 10 minute run of trying to input in and i haven't gone back from our previous chat and tried some of the things that sa has recommended of actually driving the machine with your own inputs but i'm i'm on that i promise good that'll be interesting and sandy i recently saw one of your videos online you've been traveling a lot i know with your family did i hear that you're originally from kansas where are you from yeah. sandy Indeed, I am. I was born and bred in Kansas, smack dab in the middle in Greensburg. So if anyone has followed any of the environmental developments, Greensburg was the town that was wiped out by a tornado and rebuilt as an LED green platinum town. So fast internet. So they have no excuse there in Greensburg except to embrace AI. How many years did it take you to get an Australian accent? That's what everybody really wants to know. Come on. <laughs> well, to anyone in Australia, I still sound like an out-and-out out yank, even though I have softened my accent so much over the last 30 years. So I'm, I'm just a traveling troubadour now with a mix of everything. Thank you. And you're a fabulous writer. Thank you for waking up for us, Sandy. Appreciate that. <laughs> Ursula is here. Ursula Wong. Again, you and I have been chatting for days. You said, I have to tell you the storm is coming. We may not have power. And I said, charge your phone. You can do the show on the phone. And then this morning I checked in and you said, you're fine. So Idalia, go away. Ursula, come back. Tell us who you are. Remind us what you do and what is the role of visual art, a human or otherwise, in your life, in your career. Ursula, welcome. It's great to be here again. Um, I started out my career as a computer tech back in the days when uh, to debug, you looked at machine registers. So um, it's come a long way. And uh, I uh, went on to a second career of writing. And so I do historical fiction and historical thrillers, um, all essentially inspired by a collection of uh, family papers. Um, uh, which uh, led me to years of research about uh, really the the half of World War II that involved the Soviet Union as opposed to the Germans. So that's my path. And um, I'm on book seven in the Amber War series. You can see the, the books behind me. But um, two things I want to mention for this show. My hero, Vit Partenkas, which is a Lithuanian name, um, made his money by uh, creating a AI program called Annie. And Annie learns from her mistakes and she uh, culls through databases breaking in because she learns from her mistakes. She's able to progressively do more and more things and the two of them kind of keep an eye on what's going on in that part of the world. But AI for me um, is a writer, AI for me, um, and also is a, um, I am very heavily involved with a small publishing firm it takes care of my books. Um, I use AI for cover ideas. Um, sometimes um, an association is there that I didn't occur uh, that didn't occur to me, and 
a cover artist can take that and just run with it. So AI is useful for me in that regard. It's also useful in finding comparable authors that I may not have heard about. So um, that's also a good thing for uh, really positioning my books uh, in the market, especially on Amazon, and um, really finding out uh, how advertising uh, can leverage these, this environment of comparable authors. And what concerns me about AI is that some AI written books are making it to the market. And, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing how that shapes out, especially in the self-publishing and the small press market. Um, is it going to be the demise of small press or is it the start of a new thing? So thank you very much. I just got an email from the Library of Congress today, and I don't know if anybody else got it, but I'd be happy to forward it and said they're doing a survey on the use of AI in publishing, something like that. I just scanned it because I was getting ready for the show, but I don't know how they found me because I'm not a published author, so I don't have anything. I don't have anything on Amazon right now, so not yet. Still working on that thriller, uh, that scathingly sarcastic thriller that I need a fake name because people will come after me with with real uh, real weapons if they know I wrote it. Anyway, so I will forward that to all of you if you want to see. I think I sent it to USA, perhaps. So thank you very much, Elsa, Ursula. We're so happy you're safe. We're welcoming you back, Winona. W. Wenth, you came to us through Ursula. I'm so happy to meet you. I'm putting you on speaker view. We need the whole thing. Who are you? What are you doing here? And go ahead. Three minutes. Um, yes, I'm here because of Ursula, and I'm thrilled to be here. This is really interesting. I spent a lot of time thinking these issues through. Um, I am a writer. I studied language um, and writing and then in college. And then when I was older because I was teaching English, I got my tuition paid for for any other incidental classes. So well into my 40s, I did an art major. And the emphasis was art history because I'm not that good an artist. I'm great at design. I have spent many years working on marketing materials, uh, starting out with helping a designer with blue lines and now moving into Photoshop and pages and whatever other material, uh, other programs are out there. So um, I have both an interest in AI through the chat GPT for business and also through design. Um, I've won one small award designing some materials for a college who was starting a campaign and have um, shepherded some of that on another campus. And I notice it is terrible to live with me because I'm correcting the news people's grammar all the time and rolling my eyes at the bad metaphors or the mixed ones. And I'm doing the same thing when I'm walking down the aisle in a bookstore and some other places. Why did they do that? Whom do they think they are talking to? Nobody with that much money would ever give time to this. So I'm acutely aware of the design issues. And um, I think Ursula's point is very good. Um, I don't think chat GPT or AI is going to put the small presses out of business. They will, it will do something else. So um, meanwhile, all of this comes out and I'm teaching literature and writing on a college campus uh, within 72 hours of when that came out. 
there were coast to coast faculty meetings about what we were going to do about this. And um, we're starting some more meetings, full day meetings on Tuesday about this. And as a professor, I see different issues from what other people see. Um, but I'm eager to talk about that and see how this works out. From an artist's perspective, you asked, what would Da Vinci <clears throat> say in Pollock? And they would say different things entirely because their projects were entirely different. Da Vinci would love this. Um, Picasso, mm, Picasso was in good, good share of this for the money. So when he got older, this would be great for him. Um, he could just spiel out what he needed and he wouldn't mind. But you look at the people in between, that's something else. So um, I'm eager to bring some of that up. Did I answer Thank your question? You certainly did. No, I don't think even in part one, anybody specifically addressed what ChatGPT called the titans of art. It didn't want to give me the names of all the artists I had selected, it was the giants of art, the titans of art, but very, very interesting. And when I use an essay, I don't know if you have this in what, what you use in the app you use, but I have a choice of about 20 different what they call advanced prompt styles. So I can pick neo-impressionism, I can pick uh, pop art, I can pick modern comic, I can pick gothic i can pick candyland i can pick vivid or portrait and i choose in addition to my text prompt and then it fits in fills in to the prompt all of the keywords for that particular style that i don't know enough about so it's very very interesting but there's a cubist in there and there's some very modern ones that probably oh, i think picasso or dolly might like some of that stuff so thank you winona thank you all for the bios i'm intrigued with the variations, the variety, the diversity of this panel. That's what I was hoping for. Looking for, looking for POVs from different perspectives. That's what a POV is. Thank you all. Let's go to the opening quotes. If you're new to the show out there uh, in on LinkedIn or Facebook or Voice America Business, we are talking to you too today. And hello to my engineer, Andrew, my very friendly. How are you today? Andrew, we're fine. We still think you're from New York. Uh, I ask my guests in advance to please send me an essay like that. Please send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a TV series or a song lyric that has nothing specifically to do with the topic, sort of, kind of. It's hard sometimes. And they're going to explain how the quote they picked does. So, S.A. Grant, I'm looking at your quote here, and let's go through this. This is from Dr. Sam Beckett, played by Scott Bakula, or Bakula, I don't know how he pronounces it. The movie, it's a TV series called Quantum Leap, American sci-fi TV series. Sandy's nodding. She must stay up for that, or you get it streaming. From 1989 to 93, created by one of my favorite TV series creators, Dan Donald P. Belisario. I always try to remember, does he spell it with two L's or two S's or both? It's two L's. Uh, it's an original anthology series, and here is the quote. In the blink of a cosmic clock, I went from quantum physicist to Air Force test, Air Force test pilot, which could have been fun if I knew how to fly. Fortunately, I had help, an observer from the project named AI. Unfortunately, AI's a hologram. I let you get away with this one because it has AI in it, Essay, but I was so intrigued by the idea of the hologram helping him fly. Go ahead, Essay, tell us, what does this have to do with our art topic today? Go. Well, I think, I mean, there's always going to be another level, right? I mean, right now we're talking about prompts and prompt development, but we also have to kind of remember that we had 
before the prompts and before AI, there was a whole technology of speech where you talk into a device and the device would give you a response. So if you kind of merge both these technologies together and with a little bit of evolution, then the next step is going to be a hologram that talks to you. You're going to give it a verbal prompt and then it's going to give you the results or tell you step by step on how to do something. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Is AI doing holograms? Is it involved in the creation of holograms? Has it been there all along? What, what does it have to do with that? Does it? I would think it's progressively going in that direction. I mean, if you think about it, like prime example, in the Atlanta airport right now, there's holograms, like literally and you walk in there and it's like no guns, no knives, and it's a hologram. They're just floating in the middle of nowhere by itself. So the technology is definitely evolving to the point to where when all three of these come together, that's going to be where now you can kind of sit down and actually talk to a hologram that's backed by voice, that's backed by AI for the actual intellectual side. Interesting. I did a show on holograms in business, maybe earlier this year or late last year, and it didn't get many audience views. It didn't get many views, didn't get many listeners. It was fascinating talking about business leaders, business executives no longer need to get on a plane and go to a place. They can be in a hologram that goes 360 around and they can address people in a room through their hologram without having to be there if there's a challenge in flying somewhere or they have to be in two places at the same time. And I thought it was fascinating essay and it just didn't get an awful lot of uh, attention. Maybe I ought to, uh, you know what, maybe I ought to rerun it one of these days and see if people pay more attention to it. It was fascinating to talk about, just fascinating. So thank you very much. Let's go to Sandy Davies. She's still awake. I'm not going to stop teasing you on that, dear. Sandy Davies has a quote from Ding Bell. Oh, this goes back. Anybody remember 1963, the comedy film, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. This is Ding Bell, played by Mickey Rooney, seriously produced and directed by the one and only Stanley Kramer. It's about a madcap pursuit of a suitcase full of stolen cash by a diverse and colorful group of strangers. I think that's what we are here today, a diverse and colorful group of strangers, not so strangers. Spencer Tracy, Edie Adams, Milton Berle, Sid Caesar, Buddy Hackett, Ethel Merman, Dorothy Provine, Mickey Rooney, Dick Sean, Phil Silvers, Terry Thomas, and Jonathan Winters. This is like the glitterati of people in comedy over the years. It was the first time Stanley Kramer had directed a comedy. Okay, so here's the quote. This is a good one. What do you mean, who's flying the plane? Nobody's flying the plane. Oh, my goodness. Sandy, help us out. This is fascinating. This almost goes with the quote that S.A. just gave us, sort of, kind of. Sandy, go ahead. Yeah, well, it's quite funny because I chose that thinking it was such a unique comedy. And I just, I love the scene where Mickey Rooney is just flapping around like a headless chook and losing his mind because no one's flying the plane because I find it so relevant to what is happening right now with AI and all of our fear around AI. We, we have the science, science fiction notion that AI is just going to take off and take over the world. And I just feel like, you know, in some ways we need to come back to our human capacity and it is our capacity you know to drive the prompts and and input the data that is making this take on this phenomenal time saver for all of us so we have to remember that we still are in control and we still are driving the plane even though all of us have moments where we run away with this fear of thinking ah, Who's driving the plane? We're all like Mickey Rooney. But, you know, when we breathe and sit down and bring it back in, just like 
I don't know. I always find essay. You really inspire me because you are the navigator. You're the master of the ship when it comes to integrating and utilizing AI, both for art and text. And it's that great reminder that we are still the navigators and the pilots. Essay, that was a nice compliment. Anything you want to say back to Sandy? No, I mean, I definitely appreciate it. And I, I, I'm happy that, that I'm here today because it kind of gives an opportunity for all of us to collectively give the information that most people may not have access to. And just by giving me that compliment, like today it's being used. So I would think the listener needs to take that into heed. If you're ignoring AI, if you're scared of AI, you don't want to end up like your parents before you when you're looking at a new device and you're like, I'm too scared to touch it. It's here. It's now. Get active. It was rock and roll they didn't like. It was the Beatles they didn't like. I'm not sure. I think they love Frank Sinatra. But when new music came on the scene, S.A. and Sandy and Winona and, and Ursula, some of you may remember that from your parents or from the womb. Hello? Uh, people, you're right, S.A., different, shall we say, different demographic cohorts, like parents. Is that a demographic cohort? Parents? I don't know. We're afraid of things that were newfangled. But you're right. We are driving it. And anybody, um, I, I do, I'll show you later some of my AI generated, I call it art sparks in AI that I embellish and customize. But a friend of mine asked if she could come over, a neighbor, and she wanted a lesson in how I do it, but she wanted to know how to use ChatGPT better. And she used it a little bit, and she is a uh, producing and hosting a country line dance evening at a barn near here in a couple of months. And I said, why don't we use it to create the invitation for your flyer? And I put in just one or two lines, country dance, line dance. It's a wear all white theme. I don't know why it, it could have been anything. And, and it's in a barn. And it came out with, I said, only three sentences. And it came out with something that was so fabulous. <laughs> she said, email it to me. I'm using it in the invitation. She couldn't believe how right on. So where did it come from? It came from her a human talking to me, still human as far as I can tell. I'm taking my pulse. Yes, I'm still human, still here. And I input it as a human into an app on my computer that I, the human, bought and the software that I installed, right? And I put it into this AI large language model generator and it came out with this and I liked it and I physically emailed it to her, okay? So there was a lot of human touch in there, right? So not to be afraid, it's fun too. Nobody says it's fun. I'm having fun. Ursula, let's go to your chat. Thank you, Sandy, and thank you, S.A. Ursula's chat is a line, four, four, line, four words. I've never heard this one from Jerry Maguire. Now, the quotes we usually get from Jerry Maguire, Ursula, are, show me the money, or you had me at hello, which is also a four-word quote. But she picked a different one. This is interesting. Uh, Jerry Maguire, played by Tom Cruise, speaking in the locker room to Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Rod Tidwell, played by the guy who won an award for this, Cuba Gooding Jr. Jerry Maguire, 1996 American romantic sports comedy drama. Winona, don't you love how they combine genres? It used to be either it was a drama or a comedy. Now it's a sports. It didn't put AI because it didn't. But American sports, romantic comedy, drama. There we go. Interestingly enough, this was the ninth highest grossing film of 1996. It gained a cult following. And Ursula, the catchphrases in the popular, popular lore are, show me the money and you had me at hello. These are the 25th and 52nd most memorable American movie quotations of all time 
as of an AFI survey in 2005. You complete, you complete me is another one. And here's the one Ursula picked, and this made the list somewhere farther down. Help me help you. Ursula, talk to us. <laughs> so, so, Bonnie, I cheated. I picked this with AI in mind. So, yeah. you know, bad me. Um, so, as you say, uh, Jerry Maguire is a down-and-out sports agent, and he's in the bathroom. He's in this, you know, this massive locker room with the one client he has left after a meteoric failure of his career, and he's hanging on by a thread. Jerry's fighting for his life, and in the scene... Uh, Cuba Gooding uh, is is there as uh, Ron Tidwell, and they're fighting. Um, so Ron Tidwell won't play without a contract, and Jerry wants him to play without a contract to show his true passion and to really um, get a better contract ultimately. So it's a it's a push me pull you kind of thing between the two of them. And finally, Jerry says, "Help me, help you." So the reason I picked this is that is kind of what AI is all about, isn't it? It's um, when we ask AI to help us, we're not talking to this uber intelligence on this, you know, fancy machine. We're talking about a collective experience involving both programmers and uh, data and associations and information that other humans have come up with in the past. The AI is mixing it up, showing us different things, showing us uh, different associations that we may have occurred, that may not have occurred to us, but it's not creating the information itself. We, humanity, have created the information. So Help Me Help You is kind of our um, request of AI. So we are AI. AI is representing us in a different way. So whenever I feel, um, you know, speaking about those registers I debugged back in the day, I understand bits and bytes. But sometimes when I get a new app, I don't know what the heck is going on. So um, when I feel a little bit stupid in front of my computer, I just remember AI is not smart. AI is us. It sounds I'm remembering a do you remember the uh, the toy vendor and the phrase was toys are us AI <laughs> AI are us <laughs> I know they're not around anymore so I think I'm allowed to say that AI are us there you go Ursula I'm a writer so it has to be AI is us so. I know, but I wanted to do that for Winona's benefit because Winona, I notice mistakes and, and I listen to the news and I'm I'm constantly saying when somebody's asked a question, they say, well, um, you know, like I think uh, sort of. Those are usually the most phrases. And I have actually Googled why do newscasters use those phrases instead of just taking a quick breath, forming their thoughts and answering appropriately. But that's another topic. So Winona, thank you, Ursula. Winona, I'm looking at your quote. This is interesting. You're taking us way back in movie lore. 1941, American drama. See, it was just one genre. Jedediah Leland, played by Joseph Cotton, and he spelled it C-O-T-T-E-N. Citizen Kane is the movie directed by, produced by, and starring the one and only Orson Welles. 
Uh, let's see. It was Wells' first feature film, frequently cited as the greatest film ever made. For 50 consecutive years, it was number one in the British Film Institute's Sight and Sound decennial, I don't know what that is, poll of critics, and it topped the AFI, American Film Institute's 100 Years, 100 Movie List in 1998, and it was nominated for Academy Awards in nine categories. I'm not going to go on with all of that. So here is the quote Winona has selected. I can remember everything. That's my curse, young man. It's the greatest curse that's ever been inflicted on the human race, memory Winona, what a fabulous quote. Talk to us. How did you find this? Go ahead. Well, favorite film of mine. Um, but also this sort of um, is foundational to what everybody else has said. What makes us human is memory. Without memory, we have no idea who we are. And all creative endeavor is acutely focused on what we know and what we know is what we've experienced. All the stuff we've read about is what we're pulling in and working through our own um, psychological, intellectual, personal, emotional systems. Now, memory, if anyone knows the film well, is what that movie is all about. And this is a precursor to the, the, the final scenes of that film. Um, we are driven by memory. Um, the Wells character was driven by memory. AI doesn't have memory. AI has immediate, current, huge body of information, but no human construct in which to make it work or to be acutely self-aware. So that's the downside of AI. The upside is we don't have to remember when our Uncle George's birthday was. We don't have to remember what color the rosebud sled was. But AI can't tell us that there was a sled and that it was life affecting at that moment. So that's the difficulty. Um, AI as an instrument, as a toolbox, is excellent for creative endeavor. Excellent. The chat GPT for business reports, case studies, marketing language, perfect. But there isn't an acutely self-aware, what in writing we call voice. Uh, we've run into this, you know, with our, our students and with my, with my writers, no voice. A colleague said that a uh, chat GPT four is like paving a meadow. It does what it needs to do, but all of the unpredictable um, beauty, un unreliable, unpredictable, un unmanageable beauty is gone. Now, book sales, that cover, easy. Um, we say, I want a book cover about somebody in Finland that is going to be marketed to people in Saudi Arabia. And then I want another one that's going to be marketable to people in Tokyo. AI can do that. And that's terrific. But again, the human element, somebody has to tell it. We're going to try to sell this book here and that in this book somewhere else. So um, general artwork, that memory is there in, a, in an acute self-aware way. It drives everything. 
Very interesting. And that was my point about I'm the human who puts in the text prompts yeah. and that it's giving me back. Uh, just point of information, my understanding, and essay, correct me if I'm wrong, is that ChatGPT has a limit. It's a large language model, and it does have the so-called memory of what was input to it, but it stops at November 2021. It does not access the Internet. It does not have current information. And if you Google things that have happened after November 2021, ChatGPT has no idea. Chat Chat 4 may be current. Does anybody know? And that's the paid one. Does that have Internet access? SA, do you know? Or... Ursula, do you know? I'm not sure. But ChatGPT, the original one, has not been updated past the fall of, and I put in the name of a friend who writes, he's a, a diver, and he puts in, uh, this was his, he left banking in corporate America to go be a diver in Cozumel, and he writes novels about deep sea diving for treasures, mystery, novels, thrillers, murder mysteries. And uh, I put in his name, it's Paul J, the middle initial J, Myla, M-I-L-A. There's a plug for you, Paul. And he's written, I think, six novels, and I put in his name into ChatGPT, and I said, tell me who Paul J. Mile is. And it gave me a list, I believe, of eight books. Well, only six of them were his. The other two were from somebody else. So I sent him a, sent him the list, and I said, Paul, have you written two books I don't know about? He said, nope, those aren't mine. So, And it has no idea who I am. It thought I was uh, hosting somebody else's show. Just very, very interesting. So the limitation, we need to know what those limitations are. People say that ChatGPT is not sentient, but I have had it apologize to me. Let's say, for example, Ursula, that helped me help you and had attributed to Orson Welles, okay, or to Mickey Rooney and a character instead. And I say, but that's not the right one. I'll say, I'm sorry for any confusion I caused. I'll put the quote back in with what I think is the right one and say, yes, that's the right one. So there's a knowledge base that looks like Senti. It looks like it can apologize. It has apologized to me, but it's not a person apologizing. So thank you all for the quotes. Very interesting. Love the wide range of years and knowledge we've all brought. I wonder if it knows about Rosebud and the sled, Ursula. I'm going to have to ask. So let's go to the predictions. I've already picked one from S.A. Grant. I put it into the chat. It's very long, S.A., which I love about it. I'm going to read just a little bit, and I'm going to stop after about three sentences here and have you take about three minutes, unpack it, as they say on the news, and then if Ursula or Sandy or Winona want to comment on S.A.'s quote. You each have, I think you all have five fingers on each hand, and four on each hand are the nice ones. I'll respond to a wiggle of the finger from a nice finger, not the middle one. Thank you very much. Let's keep this friendly. So here is what S.A. predicts. He says, in the years to come, AI will have a significant impact on the art industry. That's what we're talking about today. AI algorithms will be able to create art pieces that are indistinguishable from those made by humans, leading to a shift in the traditional roles of artists and art enthusiasts. And here's the line I want you to talk about. This will result in a democratization of the art world, allowing more people to create and appreciate art. Now it's the appreciation and the enthusiasts that I'm interested in, Essay. So please unpack that for us. I mean, to, to your point, I think that we've heard this, this terminology, but I'm gonna kind of define it. Like in AI, in today's market, in today's world, there's something called prompt engineers. So like that is the, the turning point. The fact that now corporations are saying they're looking for prompt engineers and those prompt engineers are essentially replacing multiple different people in a company, you have to look at it from that standpoint. So if we're talking about art, the problem with art is, is not everyone can potentially do good art. Anyone can paint something, but not everyone else universally is gonna say that is a great painting. But with the the, the the onboarding of AI, now someone that 
focuses more on the prompt engineering side of things and adding the creativity based upon the terminology, they can create well done, philosophized art pieces that are, you know, renowned. So that's what I'm kind of talking about in that piece. It's kind of like the shift. And again, it's going to be a wider audience because now anyone can create great art. Thank you. What about the appreciation? Uh, do you think that art enthusiasts will say, oh, that's gorgeous. I wonder, did S.A. really, did he get out his pen and his, his paintbrush and did he make that? Or is it going to create questions about the origins and will that increase the appreciation, the enthusiasm? Or will they say, ah, yeah, A.I., I knew, I knew. What do you think? Is that going to be a, a problem for the viewer or the enthusiast or a conundrum? No, I think it, think about it from this standpoint. If we go back about 25 years, everyone knew how to memorize phone numbers. Now, if you go to the age of 18 or less and ask them for a phone number, they're going to look at you like, I don't know, because technology has replaced that aspect of memory, right? So it's the same thing when you get into the AI. Yes, I think people are going to be more appreciative in the sense that I wonder what prompt did he use? And they're going to try to reproduce it. And they're not going to be able to reproduce it again because AI is not going to reproduce the same exact thing, but they're going to try to figure out the prompts. That's going to be the new art form. It's like, okay, well, what words, what terminology, what question, what did you say? What did you say teal? Did you say blue? Did you say green? What did you say to make that piece? And that's going to become the new form of art. Brilliant answer. Uh, Winona, did I see you wiggle a finger first and then Ursula? Go ahead, Winona. So my question is, how does one then um, implement whatever this is? What medium are we talking about? Does is are there machines that that dabble in the um, watercolor palettes or the oil palettes? Who does the work? What does the work? Well, to answer that question, I'm a graphic designer, right? That was my first degree. So graphic design has been around longer than AI. And graphic design has been accepted as an art form. And again, okay, graphic but- design does not need to be painted or illustrated. It can be completely developed in a, a digital platform. But graphic design is not fine art. So eventually you've got a canvas you've got to contend with. That was my question. I'm going to answer that partly myself. If you look behind me right now, you'll see this woman I created at Night Cafe Studio. I transfer my art, Winona, to a piece of acetate or a film, clear eight and a half by 11. The ink will quickly dry. It is not coming out exactly as it was on the screen. And I made the mistake as I am leaving it on my printer for a half hour the other day, and there was nothing left to transfer. It, it's wet ink from the printer. I just use a regular inkjet printer, not a fancy one. I run into my art studio, Winona, down the hall in my house. I put it face down on a piece of cardstock, and I roll over the back of it either with my hand or with a roller. When I take it up, I have basically a sketch of this form. I then customize it with paint, with glitter, with the jewels for her eyes. I give her sparkly red lipstick, and I call this my Art Spark AI embellished art. And I have created a whole website of this. I'll show you one. This is just an example that I have customized this woman. She didn't have purple eyes. She didn't have yellow and red hair, but I took the spark. Here's another one. Here's a man I recently did who was a redhead, a flaming redhead. And here's a very intense looking young man. So this is what I'm doing. Here's my favorite lady on the mic. I gave her silver earrings, a lot of lipstick. She didn't look like this. She didn't have red eyebrows when I printed her out, when I created her in AI. So I don't know if that helps at all. Uh, Essay, you want to make a comment about that? And then Ursula. 
Yeah, I, I, I want people to think about it. Uh, the terminologies have changed, right? I mean, at one time, fine art was just literally watercolors. It was just um, acrylic. It was just that medium. But with technology as it's evolving, I have a lot of friends that were fine artists that have transitioned into digital fine art to where they're actually using the paintbrush in Photoshop or multiple different paintbrush packages inside of Painter Pro to create these digital representations of what they would have done on Canvas. So again, they're doing fine art, but the actual tool and the medium is digital. It has nothing to do with the physical at that point. Right. Thank you very yeah. much. Ursula, it was a great question, Nona. Ursula, comment, please. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the media, too. I mean, Winona brought the topic up, and I, you know, I'm picturing the, the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. I, I, I think that um, you know, uh, the digital representation of this art uh, uh, essay, as you just said, is, is key. I mean, um, I, and, and I wonder if there's going to be a distinction saying um, AI art versus uh, a person who has over the years understood the flow of water enough to do a good watercolor. It's different and it requires different expertise. But to your point, I think, it, to, to paraphrase, and I, I apologize if I get it wrong, but it, you know, it's, it brings um, a level of art, a, a, an accessibility to a kind of art, to a very broad population, which is very positive. But still, you know, we've got those guys that, um, those men and women who suffer their art. And um, I, I just hope that doesn't go away with this influx of AI art. Thank you very much. Good comments all around. I appreciate that. Let's move on. I'm looking at the clock here, 12 minutes to go. Ursula, who's my next? Sandy's next. Sandy, quick. Uh, here's your prediction number one for this part two. You say, much the same as how AI has revolutionized the gaming experience, I predict we have only skimmed the surface toward full immersive art installations celebrating not just the masters like Van Gogh and Matisse, but also future real-time crowd drawing revenue generating collaborations between ai and contemporary artists sandy three minutes tight go ahead yeah well i'm just killing myself at the moment with my brain i've had a ma massive brain fog moment i can't recall the name of the artist but there is a phenomenal artist based on kawaii who is a graffiti artist and what he's done is he has leapt into the world of AI and has become a digital artist as well. And it has totally redefined his street graffiti because he spends so much time now in that AI space. And it's what he creates then through AI that then he transfers and adds that extra human touch onto the walls when he's doing streetscapes. And that's one of those great examples I love of embracing both the technology and then still adding that extra human spark when it comes to to the street level and i think sometimes those street level artists are the ones that that sort of pave the way then into the fine art levels for being you know avant-garde and on the cutting edge but for me i can't wait to see how ai moves beyond those van gogh Im immersion experiences that are happening now to where we actually control and change the art through our presence. Very interesting, immersive. It wasn't Ryan Collins, the one you're talking about, was it? There were, I, I quickly Googled uh, Kawai artists, AI artists, and um, yeah, and I didn't get too many answers, but I tried to find the person for you you're thinking no, of. I can't remember if it's 
Taurus. Put it in the I'll, chat I'll, if you I'll find us, it. I'll let us know. Yeah. Put it in the chat. I love the idea of immersive. I want to move on so we get, we've got 10 minutes left. I want to get one from Ursula and one from Winona and then we'll make comments. So Ursula prediction number two. I like the one from the part one, Ursula. I'm going to use this one. You say, I predict a surge in graphic novels. Instead of visual AI stopping at book covers, I predict AI will move inside graphic novels. Very interesting. AI will make it easier to create the artwork, possibly making graphic novels a standard medium following print, ebooks, and audio. The type of imaging will also change. It would become more lifelike, potentially creating a reality-based graphic novel genre. I predict AI-produced graphic novels become a new standard format for books. That's provocative, Ursula. Talk to us. Go ahead. Well, um, I mean, the traditional way of doing graphic novels is to get, uh, for a writer to get with an artist and to create the panels of um, depicting a scene with characters and then the dialogue that the characters use in that particular scene to advance the story. So if the um, AI, if AI could potentially be used to create the scene, um, of exploring in living room, uh, grandfather clock, a beach, uh, a, a dark beach. And the AI can also um, create a visualization of characters, a, 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 a tall, dark-haired, green-eyed male hero, for example. Then that confluence, um, you know, can sim not necessarily simplify, but make it a lot quicker on the, on the on the front end can simplify it because, um, you know, the scenes would come from AI and the writer. So um, writers right now, uh, genre fiction books are all about scenes. So um, uh, I think that there's a, a, you know, potentially an increase in the, the focus on scenes so that the image is there, right? And the scene becomes a question of Di dialogue for characters to advance the, the plot of the book. But I think the trend is there and AI can certainly, you know, um, create this. Thank you. Very, very, very interesting. Uh, we're getting into some territory I didn't even know we were going to get into. Thank you very much, Ursula. I want to move quickly to Winona's first prediction, and then we'll have just a couple minutes for chat. I might have to have you all back again. My goodness. Winona says, AI will liberate genuine creativity in the arts. I love the word liberate, Winona. What this means is just as photography released fine artists from an emphasis on verisimilitude and the digital camera released artistic photographers, those silver gelatin print guys like Ansel Adams, from the need to be reportorial. AI will free artists from a good share of basic preliminary work. I'm going to stop there. Let's talk about that, freeing them from the basic preliminary work. Winona, barely three minutes. It's yours. Go ahead. I'll talk fast. We're back to da Vinci, in a sense, and some of the old masters who spent years, decades, themselves and training others to do the preliminary work, the sketching out, to follow the general rules of, at least by da Vinci perspective. Um, that AI, if you're going to do the inside of a church, you know, paint a mural, AI can get that whole thing up there for you. And because it is representative and not emotional technically, um, that will allow a lot of creativity on the part of the master artist. And I think that that even for design, 
um, that's in place. You don't have to do the blue lines. You don't have to cut and paste literally things in place. All of that's done for you. So in a sense, if you were leading a full life, note, a full life, you can get those experiences there in place without having to pull out your uh, slide rule the way I mean, I'm that old, right? Um, <laughs> to make sure everything in grant paper is right. You can just go for it. It's particularly useful in fantasy and YA literature, uh, but for everything else as well, uh, as far as painting is concerned. Uh, illustrating, it is perfect for illustrators because they know what they need to do. They know what the role is. They just get it done. An illustrator, in most cases, is not what we would consider a fine artist because there's very little place for that unique personal statement. You know, art is the relationship among the subject, which is the painter, the object, which is the material, and the viewer. And when those shift and change, the work changes. Um, that's not going to be handled well by AI, I don't think. But all the other stuff, the grunt work, those poor guys at the Sistine Chapel lying on their backs for hour <laughs> after hour after hour following, you know, it's paint by numbers for them until, you know, the master painter went in there and said, you know, I think Adam should look like this, not like that. We want a little effeminacy here. You know, we want Eve looking over here longingly. That AI can't do well. But the rest <laughs> of it. <laughs> Thank you, Winona. That was great. By the way, Sandy put in the notes, it's Derek Fabian who was doing the, the Hawaii sketches. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Uh, I'll just give you each uh, 30 seconds to comment on what either Ursula said and or Winona said. Essay, any comments you want to make on either one of those? I think collectively what we're all trying to say is that AI is essentially a great new tool that's going to save yes. everyone a lot of time point blank period. And the more you understand it and the more you use it and the more you leverage it, the faster you're going to be able to create what you're trying to create at a lower cost. And I will add to that comment that it's exciting that it opens up new avenues for those of us who don't sketch and don't illustrate. And I paint a lot, but it gives ideas that you might not have realized that could be within your, your purview, within your reach to create. I create my own art using, based on. So those sparks to me are golden because I could never draw that face. Three minutes. Winona, talk fast. Go ahead. Economics of the artistic productive process is going to be massively changed massively changed. People are going to be out of work and they're going to be forced. It's like the coal miners. They're going to be forced to learn something else. And um, in their own area, coal miners are going to have to learn what, what uh, artists know. But um, go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm unsharing. I'm stopping. I was trying to share something here on my other okay. screen. It didn't work. I didn't mean so, to interrupt you. I think the economics of the artistic industry, after the age of mechanical reproduction, it changed. It's going to change again. People are going to work in different ways. People are going to sell things in different ways and buy things in different ways. Thank you very much. I was trying to share the graphic that I created for my new art website. Those of you may know, I have an alter ego called AKA Radio Red. And if you go to akaradiored.com, you'll see it. And I just wanted to share what that looked like. It's a, a very interesting heart that I created in Night Cafe Studio, which is my app of choice. We have just about enough time to say thank you to all of you. Quick, where can people find you? You want to give a website? V Veet. S.A., where can people find you? Bossoncage.com. B-O-S-S-U-N-C-A-G-E-D.com. Sandy, where can people find you? 
All right, I'm at happypaws.com.au. So P-A-U-S-E, not P-A-W-S. It's like a play on menopause. Find me there. Thank you. Ursula, where can people find you in your books? Belong.wordpress.com or on Amazon. Okay, thank you. And Winona, do you want to be found? Where can people find you? I'm rebuilding my website, but right now I'm on threads, WWNTH, and I'm on um, uh, formerly known as, oh, Twitter. X marks the spot. Wenth is W-E-N-D-T-H. I want to thank you all. Thank Andrew. And already, here we go. We At the end, Earth, Winona hasn't done this yet. Ready? Put up your finger. We're going to shake. And on the count of three, you're going to join me in no, no, no. Come on, put up your finger, Ursula and Sandy. Come on, Sandy. You can go to sleep right after this. On the count of three, you're going to say no, no, no. People say the future is already here. And we say one, two, three. No. No. Come on, join me. No. 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 Come no. on, you could do better than that. One, two, three. No, no, no. no. There we go. Thank you. That's because that was yesterday's future. That was the future a millisecond ago. Today's future hasn't happened yet, and we're all going to do our best to make it a more interesting, more artistically, visually exciting one. Bonnie D waving goodbye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.